What's good, everybody? This is episode 48 of the Rabona Boys podcast. Uh, First 48. <laughs> we, uh, we finally got, at least I finally got some time to sit down and watch some World Cup. Yeah. And man, can I say, I think I'm feeling the magic finally. I think the vibe, the World Cup vibe is finally hitting me. I know it's in the air. Finally. It's in the air. And in the previous episodes, I've been talking about how, you know, it just doesn't feel like a World Cup's going on. We've both been talking about how... Not really excited about it. Yeah, the middle of the season break is kind of awkward. Yeah. It's just not as exciting as it used to be back when we were kids. Yeah. And, like, summer, school's out. We can watch all the games. But I did say, like, if if I have some time to just sit down and watch some games, I think that might do it for me. And I think this weekend did it for me, man. Um, The first game I want to talk about has to be Brazil. Brazil. It has to be Brazil. So... As I'm like trying to f- figure out what teams I think can do it all, I always run with Brazil just because. Like, I think I think if you watch football or even if you have like the slightest understanding of what football is about, mm-hmm. you always have to put Brazil up there, especially yeah. this generation. The Brazilian stars of our childhood just had such a molding of my enjoyment and perception of soccer and you know all that corny shit. So I love Brazil. Got a soft spot for Brazil. Want to see Gabriel Martinelli succeed. I always kind of include Germany because I got some I got some German roots in me, and then Germany are also just a world monster. Good. Yeah, they're always you play good. a game for ninety minutes, and at the end, the Germans win. You got to count France in the mix. Yep. You've you got to do the obligatory Messi, Ronaldo, Portugal, Argentina. I guess um, I don't know if I'm <laughs> Spain. You know, okay. Yeah, so yeah. one thing about this Brazilian team, they have so much attacking talent, right? They have, like, nine players that can play in a front three for them. Yeah. And I know, like, Richarlison is a good player. I know Gabby Jesus is a good player. But everyone been talking about, oh, this Richarlison that Brazil loves when Richarlison plays up top for them. Richarlison is so good for Brazil. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, like, I don't really pay attention to international football as much. Mm-hmm. Especially with the fact that the U.S. have failed to qualify for the World Cup in, like, eight years. I think that's also what it is. And it's we'll not get a good to the U.S. game, too. The USA can't qualify. Yeah, exactly, right? So, I think my love for international football, basically, I was taking a hiatus. And so, I come back, and I'm watching Richarlison play. And this whole game, as they're playing Serbia, here are my main thoughts of the Brazil game. One, I didn't understand what the hell Richarlison was doing for them, what he offered for them. It felt like he wasn't even involved in the game at all. Yeah. And, I'm, you know, Arsenal biased. I want to see Gabby Jesus play and Richarlison. I used to really like Richarlison, and then he went to Tottenham. So now I got a little bit of an agenda. I hated him at Everton. And of course he you did. Tottenham, I, I still always, hated him. I remember his first year when he was just lighting it up, and he just could not stop scoring. I was yeah. like, this kid's special. There's something there. But then he went to Tottenham, so now, you know, it is what it is. The second main point, Serbia are a physical team, you know? Yeah. They got a little Viking blood in them or something. Yeah. Of, the Balkans, the Balkans are a very right? tall, so, tall so, region. Right, they're very, very physical, physical tall, stocky you know? guys. Brazil is all these, like, flair, frail... Branislav Ivanovic type dudes, <laughs> yeah. you know? Right, so what happens? You're going to get kicked, you're going to get fouled. Neymar's playing as a cam. We all know Neymar can do unbelievable things as a cam yeah. from his time at PSG. But he was effectively neutralized in that game, I felt like. He was almost euthanized during the game, bro. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> that's, a, that's a fire line. <laughs> that was a, oh, man. Yeah. No, he was... He got kicked to shreds. He you can to pieces. He, like we said earlier, uh, when we were just watching the games earlier, he's the poster child for diving and flopping. 
but yeah. it's kind of justified. Yeah, at the same the, time, he be getting two lumps kicked out of him, bro, every single game. And bro. now, and now he's out for the rest of Brazil's rest World of group Cup stage. Uh, group stage. Yep, his ankles all looks like a golf ball on the side of it. It's just a repeat of 2014. It's a uh, it's another version of 20 because I think he got injured in 2018 as well. Uh, Neymar is just snake bit, man. I, I can't even yeah. say just snake bit, but it's like uh, I was telling you like the weird paradox that like. If if Neymar was tougher, he'd be protected a lot more. Because mm-hmm. it's like that sentiment where it's like, I hate divers. I just want to watch the game, like actually play the game, not the game you play. It feels like Neymar isn't one of those guys. But then if you actually watch him play the game and you actually like keep an eye on him, you realize, yo, this man be getting taken out in the most fucked up mm. ways possible. It looked like he was the centerpiece of a John Wick movie and he was <laughs> not John Wick. It's brutal. <laughs> it's brutal. Like all the beatings he takes on that field. But anyways, so like with that, Brazil still had enough firepower with Neymar being out. Yeah, yeah, like out. Um, I'm actually still for the first really time. I don't feel nervous for Brazil. Yeah, without Neymar, they look good, dude. They looks like it looks like a well-oiled machine. They have a very effective press. Like they they only really press. Once, they did press uh, well. That was something that midway. really stood out to me. It was the pace of that game off mm-hmm. rip. Brazil were playing faster than anyone I'd watched in the World Cup so far. Brazil looked like Real Madrid, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Keep it a buck, yeah. Vinny looked, yeah, like that whole Vinny, front three. Vinicius Jr., yeah, bro. Th- That whole front three was just running at defenders all game. And then Vinny, of course, electric as usual down that left side. Yeah. The most burst player. I don't know how to say that. Nobody can keep up with him when he p- plants that first foot and oh he's my going, God. right? My man got but, tendons from God, bro. <laughs> yeah. Also, it just seemed like nobody could like find a finish. Vinny had a couple chances. Rafinha was getting slandered. Rafinha missed a couple bad chances. Um, but I still believe in Rafinha a lot. I think he's an amazing player. Yeah, and one then, game does not a player make. This is probably the first World Cup where I've really like been on Twitter like mm-hmm. that, which is ironic because 2018 <laughs> on Twitter, tough. But not for the World Cup. And this is my first one, and I've really had to remind myself not to take people's hot takes yeah, and, and not to internalize those hot takes because it's like, man, people will destroy you after one I got to do that too because it's so reactionary because that same person on Twitter that's slandering Rafinha is going to be praising him to the stars in a, when in he's like doing a well. couple months. Yeah, so <laughs> it's just what it is. And so, uh, and then out of nowhere though, then he hits this outside of the foot pass from the side of 18. This man, Richarlison, who I had been. I won't even I won't say slandering, but you know, I'd been chirping a little bit about his performance. Boom, touches it straight up inside of the foot. Ugh. Twists his whole body, scissor kicks the ball over this defender standing right in front of him, kind of ducking out of the way. Yeah. Just misses his head and buries it bottom corner. Rifled that shit. It man. probably was the goal of the tournament in like the second third day of the tournament yeah it wasn't a bicycle it was a fucking i don't know what the hell it was scissor kick yeah it don't matter what the fuck it was that shit was incredible it was beautiful beautiful. Uh, i didn't know and it was wild uh when richardson scored that i think i texted you like 10 minutes before i was like bruh what the fuck does Richarlison do? Yeah, and he showed me what the fuck he does. Yeah, um, he looks way better for Brazil. Uh, he's another one of those uh, international team players, just like Guillermo mm-hmm. Ochoa. Looks way better for well, the national team than he does for his own team. You know what I'm saying? The thing I'd say about Richarlison too is dating back to his Everton days. I always thought he had like this extra level of what's the word like dribbling ability. Like he has that silk on the ball. He mm-hmm. definitely does, but. And he can score incredible goals, and he did at Everton, but he's so streaky. And mm. I, I'm curious to see if he can 
replicate this form throughout the World Cup, which I don't know, maybe he can. Like maybe he just benefits off playing with I mean, fellow he, Brazilians like that. And the way he played, you were kind of right. He he almost seemed like uh, one one of those guys who he's only there to score goals. He's not really there to help build up play. So you kind of mm-hmm. only have ten men to build up, and then you have your eleventh man, or I guess nine guys to build up, and then you have your tenth man, you know, uh, scoring goals or whatever. But Bro, again, this Brazil side, they don't even need it. They don't even need it. Yep. Bro, they subbed off all three or four of their fucking attacking players, and they didn't miss a beat. They sub- they had three subs, and all three of their subs were world-class fucking players who kept the shit going. They looked like a well-oiled machine from beginning to end. Uh, Serbia definitely had their chances against Brazil, but, I mean, that back line of Thiago, Marquinhos, you got mm. Casemiro, who still can run for forever. Casemiro um, controlled the... Luke, Lucas, <laughs> Lucas Paqueta looked uh, pretty good. Uh, Bruno Gomares didn't even make it on the pitch. Serbia is kind of Serbia, so no offense to them, but they're, like, one of the weakest of the European teams that's made it. And they didn't even really trouble Brazil for real for real it was more like organizational issues on defense for Brazil but it's kind of one of those where it's like uh, you guys are holding onto the ball or dominating for so long that the one time that it finally goes to your defenders they was kind of asleep mm-hmm. um, but if you're able to dominate Serbia like that when you have uh, Alexandro as your left back and Danilo as your right back I mean they looked impregnable still so. yeah. my one takeaway too about the effectiveness of Neymar he could probably be a can if you're playing like an Argentina or maybe not because we just seen how many times Argentina likes to kick and foul too but <laughs> we'll get to that a, a less physical team Neymar could definitely thrive as a can but I think Neymar when he gets back needs to be more up front if he's going to be more effective so maybe like a false nine teams. or like a like a false nine like even back on that left wing and let him like kind of cut inside yeah, cut inside, inside. And, and float almost that Ronaldo role um, yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I think he'd you. just be more effective closer to the goal I agree with you, bro. It's so frustrating. Uh, Neymar's career is going to be one of those ones where it's like, it's not even bittersweet. It's just kind of like frustrating because Mm -hmm. he's the face of the flop, but my guy just gets kicked all the time. So my next point is uh, Netherlands are boring the end. That was all I wrote on that. Um, I've watched the Netherlands for two games now. Yikes. And (laughs) I have regretted both those decisions. Uh, I don't know, man. This team just seems lifeless. Like they can defend, they can score an odd goal with like a, a but you know who the Cody manager Gakpo is. breakaway. Yeah, but besides, I just yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that, I mean to me it. that that explains it. Yeah, that's, I mean I, mean, I don't mean. think we really even need to talk about the no, that. No, no. Like, uh, Louis Van Hall is the manager of Netherlands, and that's all you need to know about that. He's out yeah. here tooling it up. Uh, he is playing Antonio Conte fossil football, being a football terrorist. That's it. Move on. <laughs> Um, Ghana got robbed. Ghana got robbed. Uh, guess by who? Uh, guess against who? Portugal. Sui. Um, and I don't know if I'm. Are you the? Am I the only one that's noticed that a lot of teams in the World Cup tend to play the same teams over and over again? Uh, Argentina always plays Mexico and Nigeria. USA always plays England and Ghana. Ghana mm-hmm. always played. Well, we Ghana played Portugal uh, 2014 World Cup. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. A lot of guys tend to play the same teams over and over again. Um, Portugal. Didn't deserve a win versus the versus no, Ghana. I don't think so at all. At a draw at the most, but um, at the hey, most, a good old. Uh, oh my God! How do I even say this? Um, the reason Ghana got robbed was because the center ref. See if this sounds familiar, listeners. The center ref uh, saw a foul 
decided to give a penalty, decided not to look at VAR, and told all the players to get the fuck out of his face. He was right, and the, and everyone refused else was wrong. Refused to look at VAR on refused a pivotal to look at call, VAR. which uh, there was almost no contact. And on. it sounds really, really familiar. It's like it's almost like it, it almost sounds like something I'd see in MLS. Oh, what do you know? <laughs> the center ref. Was <laughs> was legendary MLS referee, and I say legendary in the most sarcastic way possible. Ismail Alfat, aka Seattle Sounders fans' favorite referee, aka the favorite referee of half the fans in the league, aka welcome to MLS, the rest of the world. <laughs> like no, no, no. Yeah, you don't pretty, understand. It's pretty insane to think that the he amount is of in tweets Qatar that right I now. saw. Everyone was like, "Yo, what the fuck is this ref doing? What the hell is going on? This is payola. This is corruption. Like this is this is uh, you. You had a couple, bro. Some Ghanaians were so mad they were calling it racism, bro. Like, yeah, this is racism. <laughs> like that's it how angry be, they like, were. But it might be, but I know that it isn't because it's Ismail Elfath. Yeah. All the USA yeah, fans just a were joke, fucking embarrassed. They were like, hey guys, this is what we have to deal with in MLS. This is why. And you know what's crazy? This was one of the few times I was like, I actually understand the US men's national team fans and like why they hate MLS mm. so much because like when it comes to that level of refereeing, yeah, bro. Everyone's like, yo, this standard. ref doesn't even deserve to be at the World Cup. He's overmatched. Sounds like a typical MLS referee. Ismail Elfath to a fucking T. Yeah, there aren't many English. There's no English refs in World Cup. Oh, what in international tournaments? Oh shit! And uh, I'm pretty sure. I, don't, that, I didn't even know that. Isn't that a thing? No, probably there probably isn't. That's the Arsene Wenger quote, where it's like, if you look at the World oh Cup yeah, refs there are no stuff, English refs. Any English refs. There probably shouldn't be any MLS refs. No, 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 so, no, no, <laughs> no, absolutely not. Um, also, real quick, I want to give a shout out to the Ghanaian player that did the Sui celebration. <laughs> I was cold and I was laughing about that while shit for like he was 60 losing. minutes, bro. Yeah, but he hit it so like he was running full speed and yeah. he just swung like swung around and just did it. And I was like, no way, he just did that right now. And Christie's getting all pissed. On I was the gonna bed. say, like, that's hilarious. <laughs> like, of course, Ronaldo wouldn't be able to appreciate the effect that he's yeah, had dude. on the world. Like, bro, that is a dude giving you clout. That is a grown man hitting your celebration because he probably watched you as a kid. And like wanted to be you like or he's he taking younger. the piss because you know we're all or he's taking the piss. but he was losing so i don't Bro, think he was taking the piss you know what it's saying? the mind games it's like oh three two i'm gonna do your celebration well, yeah now, we're coming back like the great Portugal, he just got scored on. Um, yeah, man, I feel I feel for the Ghanaians, bro. Screwed by the MLS refs. Um, Should have been a draw, in my opinion. Sucky, sucky way to introduce the rest of the world to MLS once again. Next, all right, let's get into it. USA versus, versus England. Yeah, that was that was a great time. I enjoyed um, that game. The casual uh, soccer fan. I'm going to say soccer in this context because the casual soccer fan that's American and turns on the TV every four years to see a couple USA games really thought this game was a snooze fest. There wasn't much action. Uh, But pretty much anyone else that follows soccer more than like a couple times a year could really appreciate the a couple tension. times every couple years <laughs> the, the tension in this that, game man from the first whistle i mean actually not from the first whistle i thought usa were kind of screwed man and yeah. we were coming out hot but we weathered the storm yeah. we slowly started again controlling the midfield and then came the chances and yeah. let me tell you in that first half we by far had the better better chances USA in the first half is probably one of the most uh, effective teams in the world. That's Cup. a thing. I didn't know that was a thing. If no, 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 I'm just, I'm just talking to my ass. Here, okay. But like, <laughs> from what I've seen, like we, like 
the USA is is very dominant. Tends to be very dominant in the first half. Mm-hmm. Um, unlike Wales, though. So this was a zero zero draw, and unlike the Wales game, the US actually played their hearts out the entire game. They didn't just play mm-hmm. the first half. Um, this is one of those zero zero games that like you you show someone and you're like, this is why I watch football. Like this, Facts, it was yeah. like you were talking about. It was there was all types of tension. There were chances back and forth. Um, I was nervous as a USA fan, obviously. You know, England you can love to you know troll England, and they're always hyped up, overhyped. But, but they got players. The though, roster's right? like, nice. And, I can't and not deny even it. Like, not even lying. Even compared to me, compared to the golden generation, this is a better England team. Not necessarily because the talent is better, even though they have incredible attacking talent that I don't think they've ever had before. But mm-hmm. because as a cohesive unit, that England team should be blowing people out of the water, especially the USA. Um, but I like love how, how you were talking. Uh, I love how the English refer to this team as like maybe the best english team they've ever had or like the next golden generation of english players it's wild watching england build shit up because you know they just want to knock well, it down and like yeah i mean they won the world cup like eons ago but like <laughs> and who knows this team could probably beat that world cup team you know just because yeah. of modern like progression of the game and athletes and stuff but i could okay i can see the argument that this is like their golden generation sure no. And then that and then that ad came on or the promo came on before the game and their Christian Pulisic is coming out talking about this is our golden generation. So it's just cool to see like the USA yeah. people and like, our team of, is significantly younger too. There's a lot of parallels. They're both very young teams um, with uh, maybe with coaches who um, who maybe should well be in those positions, but maybe shouldn't be <laughs> in those positions. Who are who you could you could say aren't necessarily utilizing the teams to the fullest of their ability. But from the beginning of that game, I was hella nervous. England dominated for like 15 minutes, and the USA came in and swept away the rest of the game. That, uh, I, there's a few players that we got to talk about, but before anything, we have to give credit to that USA midfield. Okay, Tyler Adams, Eunice Musa, Weston McKenney a little bit. A little uh, bit. Well, he was more of a right. Well, no, he was incredible. What I mean is, like, he played more of like a right winger slot. Like, he was kind of pushing up with Timothy Weah, um okay. and and being like a wide threat. But I mean, that that three man midfield. One, we had the numerical advantage versus Declan Rice and Jude Bellingham. Um, but two, they Tyler Adams and Yusuf Musa outplayed everybody else on the pitch. Tyler mm-hmm. Adams especially should have been man of the match. Um, for for this World Cup, they're just giving like whoever gives out the man of the match ain't even watching the games. They're just giving it to the biggest name and they're just moving on yeah, to the it's next thing. Yeah, kind of ridiculous. Um, Pulisic shouldn't have got man of the match. Tyler Adams was everywhere. Uh, this was a really this was the perfect game to show out for Adams and Musa and two uh, because this is England, right? They they kind of don't pay attention to anything else but like their fans and their media don't pay attention to anything else but England and the English league. Uh, and and how many how many fucking England fans do we see on Twitter talking about? Oh shit, this Tyler Adam kid is like he's a baller, you know, yeah. like he's pretty good. Maybe he should move to a big team. Not, seen a, not seen to mention of, Leeds is like one of the most supported teams. Yeah, in it's the, one of the biggest in teams UK. in England. Um, I've seen a lot of people be like talking about their man of the match is Harry Maguire, but the or like the England man of the match is Harry Maguire, but like the, the overall man of the match, match has Adams. to be a U.S. Yes. American player, you know. Um, and I think personally, I think it should have been Tyler Adams uh, or he, Matt Turner. Great, great, great defensive ability. Um, 
his ability to cover the pitch and not let a man get past him. You know, we know England has that. All the English players seem to have learned this that stupid little half turn keep away thing where they can just fall over after a guy pressures them. But Tyler Adams plays so well around that, and he manages to get the ball. He a, a lot of things like a lot of uh, a lot of defending kind of ends up being like instinctive lunges and kind of like like knocking guys off the ball, knocking yourself off of off balance. But one thing he's so good at is fighting, like is keeping his balance, knocking someone else off balance if he has to, or overpowering someone else and managing to keep his feet, never never clattering anyone. Um, all, you know, he had a great recovery versus uh, Mason Mount near the sideline where he almost got knocked over, but he you know he kind of checked his feet and like ran and, and got another touch on the ball, got it to another guy before he got fouled. And it was like small things like that that the U.S. midfield kept doing. We were we were clean. We were efficient. The technique was used at the right times. Uh, quick passing, quick interplay. Bro, for the majority of the game, we had England in our grasp. Like, we looked mm-hmm. like the better team. We controlled the narrative versus England. England had, or let me say one thing. Uh, the one thing I will say about that midfield is I think uh, Tyler Adams and Musa were the better Oh, they had the better yeah. game overall, but I think McKinney had his first half. Like I don't think anyone was touching that, no. in my opinion. McKinney in the first half was nothing short of world-class, yeah. and he was the main progressor, the yep. main guy to join the attack from the midfield. Uh, and it just felt like his influence was everywhere on that right side. He looked just like Juventus. bombing forward in transition. He looked like Juventus. I didn't know he had speed like that. Like, no, that's, <laughs> the, that's the thing. He's one of those guys where, remember, bro, when he was playing at Schalke, he was a center back and a D-mid and yeah. a right winger and a right back. I've always thought of him as like a D-mid. So he's he always kind of had box. that. And then now it's like he's in a proper I, attacking-minded center mid. I think that first half from McKenney was the first time that I've ever seen him play for the U.S. at the same level that he plays for his club teams, especially Juventus when he's doing well for Juventus. Mm-hmm. How you're talking about he's the main midfield progressor out of, out of uh, you know, into the final third or whatever. He was incredible. I know you remember that little spin and check and, oh, yeah, and, and run that he clean. had and that ended in that beautiful Christian Pulisic shot that he created out of nothing. Um, I, bro, McKinney was feeling himself. So we know McKinney's like a, a confidence player, a flair player kind of guy. He was feeling himself so much. This man... Went in for the long throw, put the ball down, turned around, wiped his hands off (laughs) on the camera guy's shirt, had the camera guy chuckling his ass off just to throw the long throw. And it's like... In the long term of the game, that doesn't really mean anything. But like, it's it's kind of funny because it's like, okay, this guy's feeling himself, you know. And again, he had this incredible spin turn to get out of pressure. Man, I am amazed at the U.S. players' ability in general to get out of pressure. Yeah, from that the was very impressive. We it, did it better than they could. We basically ran them. Uh, Harry Maguire was the only reason I feel like we didn't tear them apart. That and the fact that we don't have a striker. Uh, Sergino Dest, in my opinion, played very well, but. He still doesn't have those decision-making skills in the final third. Um, he pocketed, like defensively, he played very well. But once again, he has too much ability to not know what to do with it. Yeah, um, I was definitely more frustrated with Dest. I thought, yeah, same similar things. Like there was a there was a play when he was dribbling. He was kind of dribbling towards the end line, and he kind of stopped to make a decision. Yeah, and I thought he was going to either cross it or just accelerate to the end line. And he just kind of like took another touch. Yeah, and he took like another touch, and then he just went to the end line. And by then there was like it was, everyone it was, too was back, late. no more options. And exactly. I was like, dude, like you just got to cross it the first time, then you got to make the decision to beat the guy with speed, and then create a cutback or something. But meanwhile, yeah, on the other side, I know you want to talk about. Jack. Yeah, yeah, that was my that was my point here. So Anthony Robinson, I don't, I mean, I don't 
usually watch Fulham unless they're playing like a top six. Shout team, out to Full America. Shout out to Fulham, Fulham man, America. Tim Raymond, Back at full of fat, baby. Tim Ream and Anthony Robinson were holding it down. And, yeah. and, you know, bias aside, there's no denying that England create a lot of opportunity from their right side with Sokka and What's Bellingham. Sokka? Sokka was completely neutralized in this game. And to me, Anthony Robinson was one of the biggest factors of that. Um, not just because it's like left back, right wing, because Sokka was all over the place. Real quick from like the English perspective, one thing that really pissed me off is Kieran Trippier was like way too progressed forward. I felt like he was really crowding out Sokka's space, mm-hmm. and Sokka had to rely on underlapping on a underlap lot and, and going to the other side. Which like he can do that, and that's something I really like about Sokka is he can play underlap and like overlap. Like he can go both ways. <laughs> yeah, but then you got a dog named Tyler but, Adams in the middle. <laughs> Tracky, you're right exactly and and that's also part of anthony's game like kind of leading him in yeah leading him into the d mid into the center back um but i want to say to me Saka is at his best when he has the ball at his feet and he's out wide and he just has the space to go either yeah. way to you know to make the decision himself and a player like ben white is underneath um, right, so, like supporting him, right? People were talking about the cl- the club connection. Have a guy like Ben White, yeah, so it's yeah. more natural. I think there's definitely benefits to that. But the main point is that Kieran Trippier cannot be that aggressive yeah. with a player like Saka. Like okay. I don't know. I feel like I feel like you're either gonna make your attacking emphasis on Kieran Trippier's overlap, which he's great at, and mm. he's an amazing crosser of the ball, or you're gonna make it your winger, right? Yeah. But. Or maybe I mean, a player like Jack Grealish is more suited to play with a Kieran Trippier type quarterback. Yeah. I don't know. Someone Basic- who someone who purposefully cuts inside doesn't want to use that end yeah. line, that end touch line. Look at like Jack Grealish clearly hates being out wide if you watch him play for City. <laughs> but- <laughs> he hates playing football. Every time he gets the ball, he just stops and falls no. over. No, <laughs> he looked he looked good. He looked good in this game. You know, he, he he was one uh, of the scariest uh subs that they had coming yeah, out. They didn't really have any creativity. I thought Rashford was gonna I really thought Rashford was going to turn us into mincemeat. One thing that I'll say, c- continuing on your Korean Trippier report, um, I kind of, I'm one of those rare Liverpool fans that kind of understand why Trent doesn't play for England. But if there was any game that was screaming out for Trent, mm. it was this game. Because England, like whenever they had possession, they were just going back and forth in U shape. They didn't have any creativity, they didn't have anybody making any runs. Um, Everyone's talking about they didn't put on Phil Foden or Trent Alexander-Arnold, and I feel like that may have also saved the U.S. Phil Foden, I mean, you described it perfectly. Phil Foden could play on Spain, and he would be one of the best players on Spain. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Uh, Trent, I feel like, you know how you're talking about Bukayo Saka loves hugging the wing? Well, Trent's most recent evolution has turned into an underlapping fullback where he's kind of an True, extra yeah, midfielder yeah. who helps hold possession, but also has a whole bunch of crazy passing abilities he can pass at any range with either foot. Travella's all over the plate. Like, whatever he needs to do, he can cross. He can do on oh. the floor behind the center back. Like, And here's the here's another one, too. You could put Trent in. You could put Phil Foden on the other side. Like, And Phil Foden is a guy that can really excel at that underlapping movement mm-hmm. and becoming more of an attacking like mid. Some almost. people think he's best as a central attacking mid. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can have that. But on the other side, then you bring on Trent. 
to be kind of that long range, any yep. range passing. And then you could put on, I don't know, the guy you brought, Callum Wilson, who would yeah. be incredible <laughs> in the box with Trent. You guys posted up in the box. I mean, it worked so well uh, for, for Wales against the U.S. Harry I Kane mean, clearly was not, I don't know, he didn't look Harry sharp Kane in this game. played to me. well, but he played well as a central midfielder. He was not an attacking. Yeah, that, he's basically uh, he, a he central wasn't a striker for yeah. him. Oh, one more thing. Bro, I did not, you know how we were talking about uh, England had a two-man midfield? And uh, uh, I forgot Mason Mount was playing. Mason Mount was oh, playing, bro. <laughs> <laughs> bro, Mason Mount played. And uh, like, Mason, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But um, let me just say, yeah, with the Anthony things, I didn't really give him. His oh, and, oh, Jedi Robinson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Anthony Robinson. I thought he was exceptional defensively. Basically, is my main point. I thought he handled, and I because with that Trippier overlap, they were really overloading him a lot of times. Yeah, and there were a lot of times he handled he was, it well, though. A lot of times he was two v one, and yeah, no never problem. panicked, no problem. And if there was like a two v one, and he couldn't win the battle, like he would direct them to the sideline. He would he would make it difficult for them to like like exploit him or play around him he'd make them make a decision and usually one that's a non-threatening one. yeah so it's, it's handled- crazy it's crazy how nervous i was in the beginning of the game every time i saw Saka get the ball i saw kieran trippier overlapping and stuff like that and then by the end of the game i didn't feel anything i didn't think anything of it i yeah. like by the time Saka came off i was like okay he got the ball i'm not worried about it at all somehow robinson and ream worked completely well together it's like they're used to playing Premier League English people every Sunday. So, But basically, I want to say also, I'm not completely convinced on him going forward, but he's shown me enough. I'm really? Like, yeah. I think, I, think, I think the stronger side of his game is going forward. Really? And then defensively, I was actually Sometimes impressed. he seemed a little frantic, like dribbling. Like I felt like the touch was going to get much. a little too far ahead of him. And Yeah. Like, he, he tends to do that. Or like he, I mean, there was that one point where he lost concentration and the ball just went out of bounds. But sometimes he might be the one USA attacking player that kind of his touch gets away from him a little bit. Because, yeah, that's a really good point. Because this USA team, not that they're like Spain or anything, but the way that they can, like, pass oh. the ball, chip it to each other in the air, no, trap I, it perfectly, play a first time pass. Like, I know exactly what you're talking they got about, some bro. Finesse. Like, I cannot keep understating their ability to play out of England's press and just to just play through yeah. pressure. Um, how we were t- just talking about, uh, we watched Argentina, Mexico earlier today, and how I was talking about Mexico was just sloppy. Like, every little thing that they did, they, they, they allowed themselves to get got out by the Argentinians. And the USA did not do that versus England. Like, everything was clean. I mean, even that Weston McKinney um, um, fucking Zidane spin or whatever. Like, that <laughs> shit was clean into space where he mm-hmm. could just continue to accelerate and dribble. Like, nobody was trying to do anything egregious. I thought that was great. I thought that the game plan came out great. Um, part of why we kept possession so well, Yunus Musa. I know I went in on Tyler Adams and he really did his thing. But Yunus Musa, wow. As a guy to maintain possession and as a, as a guy to cycle possession, he's incredible. But then there you also add the fact that he can dribble like a motherfucker. You add the fact that he has an incredible touch. And you add the fact that he's a bit different in the attacking third. Like He can bring the ball to the attacking third for the U.S. Um, to me, he has the most potential out of anybody on that U.S. team. Yeah. I know people love Gio Reyna. He showed his class I think Eunice sure. has potential to be as good, if not better, than Gio Reyna. Um, and then the last player I want to give my credit to, Matt Turner was great, but Tim Ream. Holy fuck, a 35-year-old man slower than a bucket of molasses. <laughs> My man is imagine intelligent. Him, imagine him against Mbappe in the World uh, Cup no, final. No, no, I don't want to imagine. That. I don't want to imagine. That. No, 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 I'm giving, doing good things right now. So okay. England England pressured the hell out of Reem, and he was super cool under pressure. Mm. Whereas um, Mark Walker Zimmerman didn't nearly face as much pressure, and he kept passing it to the wrong guys. 
um, a few times throughout the game. Tim Reed, Reed didn't put a, a foot wrong. He was put under pressure and put into some scary situations more than a couple times this game. And he came out with flying colors. My man just kept his head cool, did not panic, and would make one touch or one pass or whatever and completely cut out uh, the danger. So shout out to Tim Ream. What a cool head on his shoulders. I wish he had Miles Robinson or Chris Richards next to him because we might have hit another level. If we had another yeah. center back who could hit those crazy long passes and can defend in tandem with Ream like that, we might be on another level. Um, you kind of glossed over it, so I'll, I'll bring it back. But Matt Turner, yeah, shout out to Matt Turner, man. I thought... Yeah, I thought he was a close second for man of the match. Yeah. Um, I think just mostly the main reason I wouldn't give it to him, I'd give it to Tyler Adams, is Tyler Adams' influence was across a whole midfield. So, he, I mean, he pretty much neutralized that entire England midfield uh, for a, the full 90 minutes. Um, but, and with Matt Turner, it was kind of a tale of two halves because the first half, it literally felt like 11 men behind the ball yeah. holding on for dear life. And the second half, it was came expressive, free-flowing, like we're spread out, we're controlling the game. So he didn't have as much to do. But in that first half, man, the, some of the saves he made, that some of the shot-stopping. was ridiculous. The Harry Kane one, it was I know oh. it was right to him, but point-blank uh. range from a world-class striker, mm. right? Uh, the Mount one, yeah, that comes to mind. Uh, I think all the England fans, especially all the Arsenal fans, were like, "Oh shit, his thoughts." So his a shots lot of Arsenal really fans is. were like, "Oh, this okay? We gotta, yeah, like, we gotta oh, keep fuck. him." Yeah, what do you think? Not too bad for a backup keeper. Huh? No, but that's the thing. Like, <laughs> like that's the thing. Like, yeah. it, like the way sharp. he plays for the US is like, like I, I, I fuck with the fact that he plays for Arsenal. He loves this, loves the team and shit like that. But like, I want him to go, even if he goes on loan. I just want him to go to a place where he's constantly starting because. But it looks bro, like he hasn't he lost any sharpness feet. or anything. Yeah, yeah. You saw that second well, half where he was doing out his box, box, looking like 2013, 14 Neuer and shit. Yeah, that like that's a product of Mikel Arteta's system, though. But but you see how you see how he when he got there he didn't have the clean he feet not. and he cleaned he his feet not, all the way dude. up. His the feet. Arsenal fans are stressed. Bro, I was so nervous when they were passing to him in front of the box, but he was perfect. Perfectly fine. He, he yeah. had no issues or anything like Looked that. Really and then for this man to dribble as far out of the box as he <laughs> Dude, did, he have was like a little layout on pass. That one. Yeah. I'm like, all right, bro. Hey, man. That, as that long was as the we other player. Scored on, bro. He made the right pass, you know, out, out of that. And but you know, he had a little sauce, a little flair. Uh, that was to the him. other one that I was like, oh, that touch was a little too far ahead of you, man. Uh, <laughs> but I, he got I, to it. So he he did his thing. Yo, yeah. shout out to the USA, man. Um, it sucks. I, I feel like we. I feel like we won that tie versus lost the tie versus yeah. Wales. I think, However, yeah. I think I said like I can confidently say we won that zero zero draw. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> facts. Shout out to Haji Wright. Um, he didn't score. He did his job as a striker, like or a, a job as what Greg Berhalter wanted him to do. But I still think we need a bona fide striker. I, unfortunately, in international football, you can't just create one or or or, or buy one you get you kind of have to bring one up through the ranks so maybe in four years we'll have one um one last thing dude greg berhalter's a little pussy <laughs> yeah uh, that was that, frustrating that fucking la bro we had a free kick last kick of the game one christian pulisic took all the corners and set pieces again this yeah. game it was horrible two we had one last free kick on the very last minute of the game oh. wasted time so that we knew that there wouldn't be any more any any more kicks after this final kick and what the fuck did these guys do instead of sending all of our all of our center backs up instead of sending everyone but one or two guys up in the goalkeeper we have three guys 
players who are short as fuck all growing up top and then instead of trying to cross it into the fucking box Christian Pulisic ends up just passing it up to Gio Reyna who holds gets dispossessed immediately though Gio Reyna tried to do some weird little back heel flick thing and lost possession immediately and then that was the end of the game and I, like I don't know whose fault that is I was hella mad at Pulisic but apparently Let's it wasn't him like, apparently what? Tyler Adams was screaming at Burhalter for, for that shit so I'm gonna scream at Burhalter too yeah, bro like what the fuck are you doing dog that could have been yeah. you know what I mean the other thing too was we needed to make substitutions in the 60th minute you could see the energy was dying you could see Weston McKinney was running yeah, low on you're, fuel you're completely correct you could see, yeah Sergio Dest needed to get pulled and yeah. we waited till like at least the 70th McKinney should have came up like, so Sergino Dest was Sergino Dest was screaming at uh, was was hella annoyed uh, when he came off right and everyone thought that he was mad that he came off but no he said he told the bench he needed to come off like ten minutes earlier mm-hmm. and these guys waited a whole another ten minutes just to yeah. take, just to let him get off um, all of all of football Twitter was yelling to take people off. right and McKenny like, McKenny should have came off when needed. Jude Bellingham okay one thing Yunus Musa outplayed Jude Bellingham. Boom. Eunice Musa outplayed Jude Bellingham. Boom. One of those guys is worth 150 mil. The other guy, people have never heard of. There you go. And you would have not known Hail which end. was which. Hail in product. Yeah, or Arsenal Academy, whatever. <laughs> um, but McKenney should have came off the same time Jude Bellingham came off. Greg, kudos to him. Hats up to him. He played England almost perfectly. If yeah. we had a little bit more incisiveness, and if we had actually tried to take advantage of that of that final set piece, I would have had nothing bad to say about. Oh, yeah, and, the, it, and the subs, I would have had nothing bad to say about. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much all I got. That's yeah. Nice oh, little... oh, we watched France versus Denmark. Uh, France looked like they need to get it going. Mbappe just scored two for fun Mbappe, versus Denmark. Yeah. I France... stand by my claim. Mbappe is the best player in the world. Yeah, I mean he's turning into it because France looked like garbage, but Mbappe was like, you know what? I'm going to take advantage of my only two oh, opportunities. Mbappe to had to do uh, at the time of that game tied or passed Messi's World Cup record of seven goals yeah that's probably not the record but like messi's yeah messi's own personal tally well he did and then he didn't because we watched argentina mexico which was horrible it was it was like a it was peak copa america football no real flowing play argentina's dirty as fuck you you got usa fans out here rooting for mexico because you're that fucking dirty um but it was so funny because when we were watching, I mean, your roommates were like, yo, so what does Argentina do well? And, like, what was our response? Uh, they have the ability of Brazil, but they'd rather the fight you and cheat and shit house like Uruguay versus use their skill. And that was almost literally exactly what happened because literally. Argentina scored two excellent goals against Mexico, world class from Messi, world class from Enzo Fernandez. Whole rest of the game was just shit housery. Yep. Yep, yep. So we're enjoying the World Cup so far. It's been, honestly, it's been a great World Cup. It's been pretty good so I far. I haven't had this much fun in a while. A lot of people are trying to say that it's boring as hell. Maybe they're nah, watching a little really? too many games because every game that I've seen has been worth it. And Mexico, yeah. Argentina, notwithstanding. I'm just mainly seeing the Arsenal fans that I follow, but they <laughs> they all seem really happy with the product. Like, I yeah. think it's it's been a pretty incredible World Cup so far. Yeah. So, so we're, we're probably going to get, way. like, what, one more group stage uh, episode in next week. And. I think after that, once uh, 
once the knockout stages are kind of set, it'll be time for us to give our predictions on on yeah. who we really think is going to go. Spain, I got my eye on you. Yeah, man, I, say. look, I got Spain got one more game. I got to watch everyone play two games before I can really give. Uh, That's my like minimum. Yeah, criteria. Yeah. Netherlands, so, I would have thought something of you early, but you're dead to me at this point. Man, I was telling people all year that Netherlands was <laughs> was a dark horse. These guys looking disgusting playing terrorist football anyways y'all that is it for the reported boys podcast episode number 48 it's your been your boy vince scully and your boy nick solo and we are the fuck out